Welcome to the DadBot Pod and the final episode of the trilogy of the post-draft analysis roundtable. In our final episode, we have two teams remaining to analyze, but the conversation devolves as we enter the wee hours of the morning into topics such as Trey's nipples, whether the league has 17 games in the season or not, suggested rule changes, including Dynasty League, Auction Draft, and everything in between. You're in for a great final episode of this Dad Bod Pods special edition. Enjoy. Um, speaking of teams, I kind of hate not trying to stir stuff up. That would be great to get a podcast episode out of them. I'm looking at the commissioner's lineup, if we can segue, and I don't see a league winner here. Mm. Uh, I mean, as a whole team, yes, he took Kenyon Drake around uh, before I hope to get him and Devin Singletary I you could speak to this Sean the Bills uh but Tyreek Hill was ranked ahead of Devontae and Julio and we let him go I don't I see a weak bench too um at least in terms of what we know now uh well yeah you got you got Breeze, right? He's going to be safe. Um, yeah. He's not going to necessarily screw you, but he's going to have, like, you know, that game where Kamara gets all the touchdowns and then Taysom Hill comes in and steals uh, vultures like a, a... That's a good point. ...passing PD, right? And then Tyreek Hill, right? This, like, monster, right? When yeah. Gonna, is he all, too boom-bust or is he constant? He seems like I don't know. My my feel is that he's constant. Jamie, would you agree with that? I mean, he's a, he's a, he's pretty consistent, but he has those outlier games where he'll blow up, and you never know right how that offense is going to play out. Is it going to be you know a bunch of rushing touchdowns, or is Mahomes going to go off? And he's obviously contingent on Mahomes staying healthy. Um, and I think he 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 a big factor of, uh, of the Chiefs is is Mahomes staying healthy is. I think that offense sputtered a bit. Um, I can't remember what Hill's production value was in those, in those uh, weeks that uh, Mahomes was hurt last season. But gosh, man, anytime Mahomes in that in the saddle and passing the hill, you know that he's he's so dangerous, man. He's just so so fast. It's unfair. I, I've already expressed my love for Allen Robinson. I think that's a great pick. Kenyon Drake is um, obviously like a lot of folks are high on him. Singletary, gosh, man, like I just I'm reading. uh, I mean, my brother and dad will like pelt me with Bill's information, even when it's like unsolicited, and they're just sharing that like Singletary is like not long for this world. Uh, he's fumbling a lot, right? Like, and yeah, they're, they're ready. To, they're ready to move to Zach Moss's. I mean, just even the chatter on his little player blurb. Yeah, man, they're getting blown away. I mean, the, just like the and the, like the beat reporters apparently are just getting blown away. And um, I don't know. Bill's organization's so funny. Sometimes, I mean, they'll like they get attached. get attached to people for funny reasons. Like they're they're so attached to Josh Allen because he came from cold weather. Right <laughs> for dumb things like that, they're like, "Yeah, number one predictor of quarterback success." <laughs> so, I don't know; it's so stupid. Uh, but the Bills will sometimes get like hung up on that, and then their fans will propagate, you know, 
that that sort of uh, folklore. That uh, mythos. That's funny. Yeah, is no. is Devin Singletary his second starting RB just because David Montgomery's probably out for week one? You think? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that's probably how he's playing it right now. Yeah, that's a um, lot of bears. In the Jets' defense, um, I think that's probably a good match. I'm a. I can't remember what the Detroit's defense. Uh, from a run stopping perspective, is is like I get, I get mixed up in years when Endomican Sue was there and they were super potent. And I don't know what they're like now, but I know that uh, Montgomery is even a big question mark yeah. right now, too. So, yeah, two, he's hurt. Two guys that might not be long for um, their starting positions in Singletary and Montgomery. Fant is obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of attention got paid to him in the offseason. Um, I know that from a metrics perspective and efficiency perspective, a lot of people were chirping about him as well. And um, I hope he hits because I think he's um, he's got freak athleticism. And uh, I think Denver needs someone to go off uh, in that offense. They feel – is Drew Locke uh, – is that the guy that they're going to ride with? Is he like – is he a ride-or-die guy in, in Denver right now? I don't – I. I think this is the year to find out with the weapons that they put around him. Um, you know, kind of, kind of like the Cowboys did with Dak. They're, they're like, okay, we're gonna go, go out and get Amari Cooper, and if, if you can't make this work, like we got to find a guy who can. And I think this is the, the prove it year in Denver. Um, if he can't do it with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Hamler and Noah Fant, and they drafted his college tight end too, uh, brought in Melvin Gordon. They have a good offensive line. You know, if if you can't do it this year, I don't think there's much hope that you'll ever be able to do it. It's really funny because you think of like New Orleans, you think of the Patriots, you think of uh, uh, the Packers, and they have these like amazing quarterbacks, or they had amazing quarterbacks, and you know they didn't surround them with much talent uh, on the on the wide receiver side. You know, uh, or they kind of like almost like starve these like uh, great quarterbacks talent in that position i wonder if there's any correlation there um strategy wise if maybe you're just riding so strongly on the consistency or stability of that quarterback play that you can kind of spend elsewhere right you're not you're you're just not devoting as much uh attention to those skill receiving cores or uh you know like and maybe reallocating some of that that bandwidth or power into other positions but strikes me as interesting that those three Predominantly, you know, playoff teams uh, have taken that same, uh, you know, strategy approach. The commission has a lot of shares of Bears. Yeah, I don't like that. I I think a lot of his running back shares. So, like, I I feel good about his first four picks. um, But once you start with David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Jordan Howard – I look at the guys that went on the teams surrounding him and I just like those guys so much better than what he got and think a lot of them have higher ceilings than than guys that might not do much for him. So that's that's where I'm most concerned for him is about running back depth. Um and a lot of his picks like outside of Noah Fant like yeah, maybe Daryl Henderson Jr depending on how the Rams backfield shakes out. Um, 
what? but like after round four, like those are really the only two guys as, that I, yeah. I really see doing anything for him. As someone who is biased because I drafted Cam Akers pretty early, but Henderson Jr. is barely practiced because of injuries and stuff. And so if Akers takes off, that's rough. Uh, Trav did make a move on Daryl Williams today when Ryko Armstead went to COVID. So that's for a, the second time. That's a yeah, that's a pretty big handcuff to CEH. You know, I was the only thing I saw on Cam Akers was on Hard Knocks when he got smoked by Aaron Donald and fumbled. Um, I did see that on Hard Knocks. You're right. Um, I'm people faded Aaron, or Cam uh, Akers because of that. <laughs> they saw the same thing I saw. Like, yeah. Wait, why did they? Why did they fade him? What'd you say? Why did Why did they fade him? Because he tested co- positive for COVID. No, because there's a hard knock scene. Cam Akers has not been um, uh, a predominant, like, a reoccurring character in the show, and he just he got like spotlighted on one play, um, the first time in the whole season where he's running uh, and seems like he's picking up like a nice little game, like five, six yards. And then Aaron Donald comes out of nowhere, hits him and he fumbles. Um, and it's the only like interaction you have with the game makers. So I'm curious if hard knock viewers saw that. Yeah. I, well, I don't want to talk about my team just yet while we're on Travis, but I saw that and I was like, that's the only guy I really can pick in that round. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did. One last hard knocks note. Did you guys see Austin Eckler talking about his fantasy draft? No. No. I missed that. So he, I think he said he's in like a 14 team league or something like that. And like he's looking as roster before he goes to make his next pick. And he's like, I'm trying to make these picks in like 15 seconds so that this doesn't take two hours. And he's like, I could have swore I took a, a kicker last round. But he's like looking at his team and he's not seen one. So he, he takes a kicker that round, which, you know, fourth, fifth round, like, what are you doing, Austin? Come on. This is not how you play fantasy football. Uh, but he was looking at the wrong team. So he spent a second top five round pick wow. on a kicker. Wow. And I now have less faith in my second round Austin Eckler pick. Yeah. He, he posts those pictures of himself shirtless after workouts and you're like, okay, he's a first round pick. And then he talks about his fantasy draft and you're like, maybe third round, maybe I take him in the fourth round. That, that segment of, of uh, them jumping the, them doing their, their jump. Yeah. And him, and him getting that five. That was cool. Made me feel really good about that. that was pick. incredible. He's, he's a freak athlete. A killer, man. And you know, I mean, if I've learned anything from Hard Knocks, it's that Anthony Lynn is not going to start just any running back. It has to be the whole package. Dude, man, my nameless wife is always talking about Anthony Lynn this, Anthony Lynn that. She's a <laughs> I'm dead, dead, dead serious. I have to be like, yo, put your lady boner away. I can see it. <laughs> Cover over there. Like, I can't take any more Anthony Lynn, especially after he got his, like, his teeth put in or whatever after his playing days. She's loving that. That's funny. My is, family. Is this just from Hard Knocks, or did this crush exist before Hard Knocks? Just Hard Knocks. That's funny. My family loves Hard Knocks. They won't watch football with me, but they're like, "Daddy, can we put on the the documentary about football?" <laughs> like, if you cover your ears half the time. 
See what I'm... you got to get a book on Red Zone, so you got to you got to upgrade. That's right. I I I'm so glad to hear about these options on YouTube TV. Do you guys yeah. have any um, older relatives that play fantasy football and are relatively new converts to the to the sport? I try. I've tried to get my cousins like just to have another league, and I say this is a good way to stay connected and everything. And I, I try to have grace for the fact that they're like maybe like me. I used to be like, ah, oh, what is this? And then I got so hooked by my iJam league. But um, no, is the short answer. I but I have the the people are there. The human resources are there for potentially like people who pay enough attention could do it. Oh yeah. Well, that, yeah. I mean, if you have a big family and and they can work out, it's great. My dad like got into some like pool or some. He got into some mess, some fantasy league in his in his office, and he, I just know I'm just like I know I'm gonna be like responding to text messages of from him the whole year that are just telling him exactly what to do. So you're basically gonna be managing a team for him. Yeah, so awful because he's gonna expect these like really fast responses to things like that are waiver wire centric for like the ten minutes he's like flipping through his app, you know, and it's just gonna annoy me. And it's going to be awful to like fight him because he's going to like go back and like say make some heinous like argument for why he needs to start so and so some some Bills player that should be started like Cole Beasley <laughs> and I'm just like I know I'm going to be fighting him all season and I'm just it's a part it's stealing some joy from me so speaking of Austin Eckler really not getting it or kind of speaking awkwardly about it my dad is just not looking forward to this this season because of that. Yeah, any closing thoughts on Travis's team? I think we all agree it sucks. Sorry, Mish. Yeah. He picked up uh, the handcuff to Clyde. Yeah, if Clyde goes out, you've you've got a league winner. Darrell Williams is, make it, run. is solid. Um, he was just sitting there today. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know, Jalen, is it yeah, Rieger? Is there... He got some good hype on him, but now he's kind of hurt. Um, and, and people were saying avoid now. Um, I don't know about the Eagles. Jamie does. Jamie, I can't believe you've gone so hard at the Eagles offense this year as a Cowboys player. It just fell that way. Like I wouldn't have taken Carson Wentz, but at the point that I had, Miles Sanders, um, Zach Ertz, and Deshaun Jackson. It was like, well, I guess I've already made this bet, so mm-hmm. might as well, you know, grab grab Wentz. And in case Josh Allen completely falls off the bus, um, you know, that's that's one that, you know, in the first couple of weeks, I think we'll have a good grasp on what the Eagles are, and you know, I can jettison those guys that aren't named Ertz and Sanders pretty easily. Yeah, Seth. We, we've made it to the end. I think this is going to end up being five 30-minute episodes. What do you think, Zach? I think, I think that would be great. We release one a day. No, like it'll, it'll, fill, up, it'll fill up the week before. Wait, is, is the first game next Thursday already? Yeah, it's a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah slice, up, slice them up into 30 minutes and keep everybody uh, busy. Jamie, I'm going to need you to record multiple iterations of a, of a sign-off to send us part one to point, part two, part two to part three. That's right. I can do that. 
you tell me what you need on the transition front and Great. we could all do that uh, here at the end just do a bunch um yeah just drop the last one uh wednesday all right well y'all it's funny after talking about all this when we started i was kind of i've been down on my team since draft day. I, I don't know why yeah your team your team sucks <laughs> <laughs> i want to hear i want to hear the only the only person with a worse team than Travis and Drew is Seth. I'm like, I want to hear a legitimate analysis, but after last year where I got the A rating for the first time in like six, seven years of playing fantasy and, and finished dead last for the first time, I actually kind of like the the underdog feel. Um, I have a couple players I'm not as happy about. Um Le'Veon, I wish was Todd Gurley, but that's also a risk. Uh, Will Fuller, I wish was well, Todd Gurley was taken in the third, so like that wasn't an option. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, I was, I was, I was feeling eighty percent sure that I was going to get him though. Um, when did I? I reached for Will Fuller, which was not in any of my. I I, I, think, I, think, oh, I think that was a good. I think that was a good call. I think yeah, so. If he could like, stay like healthy, he's the he's Deshaun's number one, and that's why I went for him. What I, I guess that's a question mark. Is <clears throat> Here's what happened. In all my mocks, I think I got Julio and Juju as my first wide receivers and therefore went from Gallup uh, as my third. And because I got Amari, I was like, I'm not going to have two Cowboys here. And um, – Winful win for Will Fuller, but what I, back to the underdog thing. What's funny looking at all the projections, I've never been someone week in and week out who's had like 120 points projected or more. I'm always fighting for like 113 points, and everything else feels like a bonus. This year, I think. Uh, Nick Chubb is a bit of a question mark. I was hoping for Kenyon Drake. Um, but we've already talked about Tom Brady and Hayden Hurst, funny enough, could be big blowups. And guys, feel free to pick this apart, but I kind of love my bench uh, more than anything. I'm not going to start any of them, but all of them are startable, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Damian Harris has a little except bit. You already, except you already dropped Chris Herndon. I did. But Jonu Smith and him are interchangeable to me, and I just wanted more of the Titans than the Jets. I didn't like – I think I dropped Chris Herndon because I was feeling down on Bell. Um, Jonu's neck, neck is impressive. I'm just Yeah, like, they talk about Jonu as potentially like the number two guy behind A.J. Brown, and he's not even going to start unless Hayden Hurst is a total bust. And I've been hurt by tight ends before. I was so – all in on OJ Howard last year. Um, so this year I, I had played a lot with a lot of like stacking and who's the hot team. I was going to get all Cardinals or all Falcons. Um, and it didn't go that way. And after all this long pod, I think Anthony Miller and Preston Williams, I granted we all have confirmation bias, right? And so every time I listen to a Fantasy Pros podcast, they're like, here's your must-haves in the mid to later rounds. And 
I think that's why I'm saying I love my bench. All of them are like Anthony Miller, Preston Williams, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is getting a lot of hype because it sounds like the Cardinals aren't too attached. If Kenyon goes down, Bruce Aaron's like Chase Edmonds is a three down superstar back in this league. I don't. So I was hoping to have him and Kenyon. Um, I don't know, but but the same podcasts are also the ones that are saying, like, I'm fading Nick Chubb. I don't want any piece of Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Mari Cooper isn't going to score touchdowns for the Cowboys. And so my tried and true starters for me, going solely on what other people say and my own confirmation bias, are Tom Brady and Hayden Hurst, and I think Will Fuller. But I feel like I've got some good plug-and-play options. I'm just really superstitiously spooked by last year that I don't have the good instincts anymore of who to play start every week. It all feels, it all feels totally random. And I can talk myself in anything and be like, yep, this is Preston Williams this week. And then drop, put 40 points on my bench instead of uh, whatever. So this year I'm just telling myself like ride the percentages and uh, trust that it works out. And if Damian Harris comes back, maybe he or Cam Akers, I still may put in Cam Akers for Le'Veon Bell before starting day. I, I probably shouldn't say this on a pod that Jamie's listening to, but you can't do anything to stop me. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> there's no defense here, Seth. It's not like I can game plan to stop Cam Akers. <laughs> let me call Mike McCarthy and be like, hey, we, we got this guy figured out. We're not going to let the know. rookie beat us week one, are we? What do you guys see when you see my team and then we can all go to a well? Yeah, so I think Devontae Adams is money in the bank. You think so? Nick Chubb, Actually, that is yeah, the question. I can I pause you? Because – the Green Bay Packers have a lot of other unproven's, right? Like who else is Roger? So is he going to be double and triple team? Uh, I he's one of those guys. I I don't think it matters. I think he is okay. going to see a lot of double teams, but he's he's good enough that you know with the volume of 150 targets, um, and just the rapport that he has with Aaron Rodgers, right. like and Rodgers is smart enough that he's going to pull people off Devontae. Yeah, he's. He is going to have those challenges, but I, I think he still finishes okay. top five at the position. All right, keep going um, and telling me how awesome my team is. Brian injured. <laughs> Nick Chubb, um, you know, potentially the best pure runner in the league um, on a coach that likes to run the ball. You know, he's going to get those very high-value goal line targets. So oh. I like Nick Chubb. I think the, the question mark there is, Kareem Hunt okay. and the passing work that he got because that did significantly hamper Nick Chubb's receiving value last year. So that's that's my concern with Chubb is just is Kareem Hunt going to eat into the, to that part because um, that does just I think limit his upside. Um, so that that's a concern that I have there, and I think that's that's really like once you get past Devonte like we talked about it in the, in the group me, you took home run swings and all of these guys aside from Le'Veon Bell, that was just a dumpster fire pick. <laughs> um, but, but the rest of these guys, like they could explode. They do have a ton of upside, but they all have question marks as well. So I think so Amari cool. Cooper, it's, it's the injury thing, you know, where, where's he at with that? And then against some elite teams and there's a lot that goes into this, but he does disappear 
in, in certain weeks. And there's a lot of potential answers to that, but it does happen. Cam Akers, does he take that job? Does he separate from the rest of the guys there? And can he be a girly light in that offense? Yeah. Will Fuller, once again, like round two, three talent, um, but can he stay healthy? Right. Um, if he does, you know, I think he he makes up some of Hopkins' vacated shares there. Hayden Hurst and Tom Brady, um, once again, huge potential, but you've got that change situation in a very weird That's COVID year. Point. So, um, you know, and then we talked about the bench. I, I think that's what you want in a bench. You want guys that that can put up points and you have a narrative that you can make for all those guys. Yeah, and I've done the thing before where I was like, these are all backups before. These are all pretty much plug-and-play guys. And you already know what I think about my kicker. I'm, I'm holding on to him. Yeah, that, I think the kicker was a great – great call if there's one thing we know about jason garrett he doesn't believe in going for it on fourth down. So <laughs> you get anywhere on their side of the field and i can't trot out that field goal team yes dan bailey did benefit from that for a long time i can't believe gano is just waiting for me there but yeah I, I think you've got like every single one of those guys i think has two true outcomes you you hit a home run or you strike out and there's not not much in between yeah, man. Always... And let's be serious. Le'Veon Bell is a strikeout. We we can we can say that right now. Oh, Le'Veon! He was great last year, though, right? Uh, he was. I I think he had some moments, but like Frank Gore is the starter. So, yeah. Like, so what are you doing? This is what I've been following, and I'm looking at my picks. I don't know. I should have either gone for Jonathan Taylor instead of Amari Cooper right before him, but then uh, whoever got him. I the thing with him is Adam Gase hates him. He never wanted him, but he's got he that he, he's got that four year sixty million dollar contract or something. And so now he's got him. Gase loves Frank Gore. They were doing like 60-40 splits and like talking about that. I mean, if that's just insulting, right? Like, I mean, as obviously that's Gore, absurd. That is stupid. Gore is ageless, but like the head coach is talking about this. And, uh, yeah, apparently they don't like each other, and it's the Jets, and they're always kind of a dumpster fire. And so I remember, like, a few years ago in another league, yeah, I got – I had the second pick. Oh, Bell was just there, and now he's still technically supposed to be Same a guy. good age, good player. And it's weird that, like, my RB2, I'm thinking of benching before the season even starts. And – uh it's all because it feels like it's because of outside forces. I feel like they could, if he was on any other team right now, there'd be a different story to tell. But um, I feel like he's unlo- He's one of those like players, if y'all know what I mean, that every year, like, can't trade him. Definitely not going to put him because someone's going to snatch him up, and he's going to just sit there giving me ten points every week, which is. Not going to win me anything, but not going to lose me. It's going to lose me. Dude, that is so funny you say that because I did not start Le'Veon Bell in the finals for the, what you just said. And I started Mike Boone over him. And all I needed was 10 points. And Le'Veon would have won me the whole thing. No way. Yeah, oh, I forgot about it. For Mike Boone, who was supposed to do something against my Packers. And they, he did not. And the Packers, he made the Packers defense look incredible. On um, like week sixteen last year, but dude, I I'm of the mindset, man. Like 
I really like your team. I really think you you could have a great season. Um, that Le'Veon pick, though, man, is like it was the beginning of the fourth round, too. Just do you know how many touchdowns he had last year, and how many Two? rushing touchdowns? He had three Two? three touchdowns. Oh, jeez! And that is just like for a guy that is spoken of spoken of with as much like reverence as is devoted to Le'Veon Bell in the NFL. Like, oh man, that and it's not like he missed games. Like he, that was the whole season, and he was their entire offense the whole season. Oh, jeez. So it was just like so painful because it's like three and out, and it's like a one yard run, a two, a two yard run, and then like one yard loss. And it's like point three points, right? And it's like get used to that for an entire game, and them not getting close like to the the, the thirty yard line, you know? At least yeah, with right. not captaining the ship, right? So that's what was painful. Is like it's not a fun, it's not a fun guy to watch right now on that offense. No, exactly. It's just gonna be a grinder dirt. Ignore. I think I have a fun team, um, personally, partly because here's when I say fun team, and this can maybe cap us out. Most of these guys are on teams I'd want to watch play like on Sunday and real football. Like, yeah, I'm not fans of any of them. I that's why I like it and Homer it, but I'm like, oh, if the Bucks are in a shootout, like, let's go, Brady. Um, Devonte, Amari, like all of these are going to be games I actually want to watch, and then it'll be nice to have an added bonus. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm a top three finisher this year. Dude, I think that's an understated reason for why people pick players on their team is for that same factor. I think I, I, there's definitely an X factor for me when I find players like that. I went after Clyde in another league just because I wanted a chief this year. To be honest, exactly. Yeah, I don't pick Bengals because I never want to watch the Bengals, ever. <laughs> um, I will say Hard Knocks, uh, it was where I led. I picked the Rams defense just because Aaron Donald looks amazing and I don't care about defenses at the 14th round. So that was a total Hard Knocks pick. And uh, that's all I have to say about my team. Um, Le'Veon Bell's on the block. Johnu Smith could win you your win you the league if anyone wants to offer me a running back for both of them. Top tier running back too for a, a tight end. I'll, I'll up give you. Over. I'll give you Le'Veon and Johnu Smith for uh, Todd Gurley. Like granted, I already offered Sumner, Chris Herndon, and Le'Veon, and he shot me down faster Dude, than you can, up, faster than you can auto draft. Did he respond? Nick Chubb. No, Rejected. Nick Chubb is a is a woman beater, FYI. No way. Is it really? No, no, not at all. But I want you to trade him to me for nothing. I heard he was the nicest guy. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I did do that thing. He's probably a real wonderful human being, but um, he definitely apparently he's the greatest guy. Uh, Kareem Hunt was available to me. Um, so was Joe Mixon. Can't do it. Couldn't do it. Uh, All right. Did we talk about everything, including uh, Treyko's Zoom bomb? We 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 alluded to it. I want to know if we were in, we were because he's lying in bed. I just want to know 
were we all invited into the co-bed that evening? And did, how would Nameless Wife feel if she knew that all of us were in bed together? All of us. Yeah, it's weird to bring 11 faces into the bed. Of, I've, not, I've not Zoomed like that. Dude, that, uh, my wife would have my tail. Call that Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we call that the Mazda effect. Oh, man. Um, trailer burly. I don't know, y'all. Yeah, break this up just to give us something to do, and I'd be breaking it up over five days anyway, but to all our loyal listeners, we hate your team. Um, Oh, hey, little update. Uh, When I was looking to notice that Sumner was indeed not a member of the group me, which really, are you a member of the league if you're not a member of the group me? Matt McNichol has now muted the thread. What? As if he's even getting reception in Manitoba or wherever he is. Is it because of the meme lookalikes? <laughs> we, we think this was a recent development. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, why does everybody think I have such weak DNA? <laughs> <laughs> you guys suck. I might have misunderstood it. I was doing like the top and the bottom and the... You're doing great. You're doing great. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes it's just like the outline. The outline looks more like the dominant, and then it'll be like the eyes. Oh, yeah. I was doing that. I've got complimentary features. I get it. It's fine. There's a a couple of good ones in there that have not been touched yet, but I know have some legs to them. I'm going to say something I've said before just to get him on the pod, but I think I think Matt's tuning this out because he thinks he's above it all now that he's won. Now that he made the playoffs and won in the same year. He's going to have a rude awakening with that attitude. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Zach hates his team. Hate it. I hate, hate it. it. And, and I know that when Matt listens to this, he's going to feel so insecure. That's right. Picked a 2019 team. Total I mean, if, 19 team. If, I remember when I Matt knew nothing about fantasy and I had to give him tips on like how to fill his roster. Is that true? Yes. That's a true story. Jeez, man. Are you still offering training programs? No. No, I'm not. Like, did you, are you taking you credit for his training program? Look at your profile. What's that? I want to, yeah, like I need like a, I'll give you a, yeah, I'll pay a hundred dollars for a four week training program on trading. It's oh. my offer. What does that break down to in an hourly rate? Like two dollars an hour? I don't know how long your program is. You're the one who. You said four oh. week. You said a hundred dollars for a four week training program. Yeah, I mean, I, well, yeah, I mean that's more indicative of what I'm sure that training is worth, given mm. given the value of some of those trades offers that I've received. Uh, true. I think it's interesting. I want to know what you what you what you've trained him to do. Just, just how to look for news, like who would start, like basic stuff. It was like basic information. These are called that weekly started. rankings. <laughs> this was this was many years ago, and I think this was this was Matt's maybe first or second. Right. I think it was probably his first year in the league. Does he credit you? Does he credit you with that? With um, 
you know, give him like uh, some shoulders to stand on. And and like, I get no, I get no credit. No, Ooh. I get no. Even oh. after you told him that NFC games are on Fox and AFC are on CBS, he didn't even That's give right. you credit for that. That's right. No, <laughs> you did not tell him that for the first time. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out where the co-host is. All right. Uh, I, all due respect, I'm just looking at her. You, you, you really need to go to sleep. Is that what you're saying, Seth? No. It's just way too late for you I, there. I'm good. The, I'm good. The one guy not on the East Coast. Yeah, I'm only. Out. I'm still in the. P- I'm still in the PM. Um, Matt's. Matt's. I know we say it's a 2019 team, but technically that's what we have to go on, as well as all the updates. And I am looking at the Fantasy Pros app on the hour right now, and Matt's team looks good, except for this Jarek McKinnon business. Um, what is the what does the Fantasy Pros app say about our league right now? Oh, so, I, I don't know. Oh, did, you can do that thing where you import it, right? You import it, yeah. That would be interesting to see. I, I don't know how to do that because I know I know that we got the Yahoo grades, but Yahoo grades are just based on projected points based on their own. Yeah, their own rankings. Yeah. So unless you're following <laughs> Yahoo rankings to a T, you're not getting well, a great as well grade. As like if you if like you have a defense that has a buy then the, and you don't have another defense and they count that week as zero points and that plays into your grade. Oh, interesting. So like Sumner's going to grade really well because he's got backup, multiple backup tight ends and kickers. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yahoo, Yahoo's grades. Wait, so a couple updates. Speaking of from Fantasy Pros since we started recording yesterday, um, you have Philip Lindsay, right, Zach? No. I don't. Oh, who had him? No, Trey. Doesn't Trey have him? Um, Trey, Trey has Philip. Oh, because now the update is that, you know, Melvin Gordon's had a little trouble acclimating to the altitude. They're talking about a split. And Mel- yeah. now. Yeah, and Sports Illustrated is predicting Malcolm Brown, who I don't think anyone drafted, is going to start for the Rams in week one because Daryl Henderson continues to be injured. And Cam Akers is a rookie, but they're saying Akers is the exciting fantasy play. Hmm. Brown, Brown is getting a nominal start, so run to the waiver wire if you want, but I've got the guy. Hey, so have you ever heard of a. You should probably Billy start Enright? Akers and Bell. Who? Have you run into Billy Enright in any of your Giants uh, blogs or. I'm sorry you broke up a little bit there for me. Something about the Giants and whether I like them. Uh, Yeah, Bill or Bill Enright. He's a writer uh, about all things Giants. And uh, he's with like fantasy diehards or something like that. Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's funny, you know, with Eli gone. I'm kind of coming at the Giants this year like I'm coming at my fantasy team. There's nowhere to go but up. I'm learning half their names even as we speak. <laughs> I don't really know. So, all right, so so I imported our uh, league into Fantasy Pros. So now I have the Fantasy Pros draft results grades. Whoa. Um, in contrast with Yahoo's grades. Ooh. Um, which do do we have those handy? Yeah, I can pull them up. If you 
are you able to share this link? Because I feel like, didn't I say that Matt, didn't I predict that Matt's was the, uh, yeah, was the Mike Taglieri dream team? That is what you said roughly two hours and 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Let me see if I can. Here, I've, I've got the draft grades pulled up uh, for us. Also, shout out Zencaster. Uh, Pre-coronavirus, I think we we were limited to two guests and maybe like six hours of pod time a month, but they've made it unlimited guests, unlimited pod hours during coronavirus. So making all this possible. We could just keep cycling through, like bringing other guests all the way until kickoff of the opening Sorry. game. All right, there's the uh, – let me know if you all have access. Oh, 100 points for Sean, A+. And Zach, also A+. But the interesting thing oh, there, right, I is – I told you I was mock drafting it, like a fiend on that thing. So that's, Oh, what's that interesting is that Sumner gets an F and everyone else gets exactly. a – Everyone else gets a B or above. Compare, compared to Sumner's – the third third place ranking on the Yahoo draft rankings versus the twelfth place dead last in the fantasy pros ranking. Wow. So I feel all right. This is a solid B. We've only got four A's unless ninety one Wait, wait, wait. You're saying you feel all right with a solid B slash the second to last place? <laughs> Well, I'm just looking at looking at the differentials. There's only five points that separate me and Caleb in fifth place. Mm. But yeah, Sumner's there, twenty points down. This would this would tell a story of a very competitive league yes. this season, which would be great. I mean, there's three three teams at ninety one between Caleb, Drew. And Travis. I need to look back at Sean's 100% A-plus picks here. <laughs> according, Because all I do is listen to Fantasy Pros, guys. I, uh, I, I, I use their mock simulator a lot. I loved it. I loved it. I just felt yeah. like Yahoo, it was just going to be different. But, yeah. yeah, I can see. Yeah, they're, they're really high on Kenny Galladay. And David Johnson. Yeah. What do What do we think about the fact that like our top four scores though are also like four of our five top pickers? Are you talking about the finishers for last year? No, I'm just talking about these these fantasy pros grades. The top three are that were the top three draft picks. Yeah. Basically, reflect draft order. Is there any bias there? And then the grades start to drop off a little bit more, but not significantly, obviously. The fact that Travis, I mean, I I do think that, that I saw some some like Yahoo stats thing when I was when I like did a quick research on like when we were picking draft spots, like historically what what the data says about draft spots in correlation to success, and there was some Yahoo stat that was generally like the earlier draft the the better uh, you typically do. Hmm. Which I am still a favor of 
experimenting with an auction draft for the first time. Whoa. Whoa. That can happen. I I feel like I proposed that like years ago and it just got tabled like we'll discuss it next year because we can't do an auction draft like the only time we discuss rule changes is the night of the draft, which clearly is too late. No, let's hang up so that like, banner. To an auction draft. It's, we've graduated. We can do it. It's so much fun. I, I would think it would be super fun because everyone gets a chance at every player. It's like if you really want someone, you can get that player. Not like it dep- depends on where you are in the draft. Right, and then you just run out of money early if you go crazy. Yeah, but then you can fill your roster with with one you know one or zero dollar picks. That's right. Jamie, Jamie and I are in a uh, a league that does that, and we um there is a how much do you think Christian McCaffrey went for on a two hundred dollar budget this year? One fifty. Uh, <laughs> No, hundred and hundred and five. You have sixteen. You have sixteen slots. Went for ninety dollars. Wow! Still is like you know he is almost half the budget for sixteen players. See, that's where I'm scared of those early draft pots. But there's no ladder. It's just everyone gets to kind of go at each guy. Yeah, you can go to each guy uh, and right. factor in inflation with keepers, which is another component of this league that we're in. Oh, I would love to do keepers too. I would love to have kept Derrick Henry and carry on and um and Kenyon Drake from last year. I think I I think we've matured enough, like we're in year five, six, that why aren't we doing dynasty? We should, man. We just have to put it in motion early and maybe Yeah, I think that's early. right. I can hear the commissioner already saying, like, I've proposed this before. In yeah, we, we had this debate, I want to say, year one on the pod. And I think where people landed on it is that with redraft, it, you don't have that, like, kind of ongoing commitment. And you can just come have fun on draft night. If you follow the Yahoo rankings, you're going to get a decent competitive team. And... You know, it, it it's it's not as much of a. Commitment. That's right. I remember that conversation. Now that we might actually push people, a few people away, if it's just like, oh, yeah. But let so I you mean, don't know who came out of Ole Miss this year. But let's take inventory and talk about who it's actually going to push away. Who's it going to push away right now? Uh, we're naming names. <laughs> Who'd you say? Someone who drafts with an app. Yeah, I was gonna say, leaving stuck. Steven. Uh, someone who drafts the majority of players that he had last year. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the people. We're gonna talk about the people who didn't. I, I mean, I guess I put myself in this, but who didn't know that a podcast was released in March. Apparently, that was yeah. the majority of the league. I, yeah, I, I think we're looking at like six or seven people that this would yeah, not appeal to. Yeah, I used to have alerts. Man. Well, if you're still in the league after listening to this, you're definitely down for doing a dynasty league. <laughs> it's not so, this is a dynasty I mean, pod. We haven't had that much turnover, right? I mean, last no, year. No, that's what, I, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Forget. That's what I'm saying, though, is like we've we've matured like there's – been barely any turnover and drew was essentially a part of it last year like we could inherit uh what do you call it like 
you, you could earn a team. You could buy yourself some stock and be like, I want to get in on this and like keep with it. I don't know. Fantasy football is fun. It's real easy. It starts very simply. We, we select a lot of keepers that we can keep from this year and we ascribe a price for them. So we say all we, everyone gets to keep three people and they're all twenty dollars, and then we right. go from there. That's a great idea. And that's all we do. the The model's already built. I can explain it. It's, it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, bandwidth to run. It's just a matter of getting people over this hump of fear about not how, knowing how to do it. Once you see an oxen draft in person, though, I think. You won't want to do it another way. I think it's yeah. Fun. They're fun. I'm open. Well, we might still be in the pandemic. Like this is just going to be one long Uber season. I along those lines, if we're not signing off yet, do y'all see yourselves like paying more attention given how kind of stir crazy we all are a bit? Like I. I'm not lying. I mean, I'm like... Everybody's nodding. I'm, you can't see this I on know. the pod. Bro. I'm looking at y'all conspiratorially, and I, I mentioned this on my pod with Jamie, but, like, I just moved around. My office setup, it was in this back room of this little... In Tucson, a lot of houses have these little casitas, these little guest houses, just a whole different kind of layout to property. So we have this little guest house, and I moved the bed into what was my office, put a TV up over here. This is where I have to do all the Zoom church and everything and i have all these like sunday meetings and like right over it's gonna be like yeah i think the committee should do that <laughs> all season like just for hours on sunday i'm gonna just be paid to be like yes whereas what are the, what are what are you gonna say when they ask you what you're looking at over to your left are you gonna say the cross no i'm gonna i'm gonna turn the computer so the tv is like i can i can turn it on my desk uh, pretty easily, so I'm just like kind of looking over. That's your your pondering state. Yeah, That's it's a right. pensive pensive stare. Yeah, into keep the, the eyes on the camera, and we're congregationalists, so they're the ones who should be doing more than I am, anyway. <laughs> you, have to, you have to practice like not making any. You have to have like this non-animated, like distant Western gaze. That's right. And you can't be you can't be triggered by anything you're watching on TV. I know. Good. Well, luckily as a pastor, I'm trained pretty well by experience, if not graduate school, to clench my jaw when I hear some of the craziest stuff. Sure. Uh, so I've got a pretty good, I've got a pretty po- good poker face. But yeah, there are going to be moments where I'm like, like yeah, it's going to be crazy. Uh, but anyway, what do y'all like? Are y'all? I don't know what the whole whole homebound situation is. We're all kind of going crazy. I think we're all joking about the fact that this season is going to last not more than four games because we so badly want it and need it to last longer than four games. Like we're expectations. I think I think the season will will figure out a way to finish out. I don't know if it will look the same as it as you know similar to the NBA. I don't know if it will look like it would otherwise, but. I think that there's too much money at stake for them not for them to just like say we're done. That's what I'm saying. I think they're gonna they're gonna keep testing every player every day. They're not gonna be too stupid with the fans. This is the first 17 game season, isn't that right? Yeah. Expert. Wait, they're playing 17 this year? Yeah. 
extra money. That's crazy. Wow. How does that impact I, our fantasy season? Yeah. How does that impact the Super Bowl? Is the Super Bowl in mid-February now? Mm, well, I guess it would be just a week later, so it's instead of early February. Or is it, yeah, early February. It's late February or mid-February? Oh. It's typically like the first weekend in February. As as Jamie and I said, they're like, A, there, there's a nice kind of snake eating its own tail here in a good way. Which is that? The- uh, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's. I think the NFL has the option to go to seventeen games between twenty twenty one and twenty twenty three. So I don't oh, think it's interesting. Okay. Anyway, we all we all need this more in our lives this year, and weirdly, the pandemic is going to give us more to pay attention to, as we already discussed. Which is that, like, player shows up with a fever that morning. Boom! You got to be ready to go. On the waiver wire, if Jamie said something about the Saturday game option, which I haven't heard anything more about, but uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. Well, they're currently, I mean, college football is currently happening in some conferences, but if that goes away, then they, you know, similar to when college football goes away during the playoffs, then they take that Saturday slot to try and maximize viewership. That's that's the hypothesis of what they would do if college football goes away. I mean, who wants to win this season anyways? I mean, it's like if you got a big conference like the Big Ten who's not even involved in it, it's like how good is a win going to feel, you know? Um, when so, yeah, right. I just, I mean. In a vacuum. Yeah, exactly. And colleges have so much more to juggle, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, I am going to tap out here in a few, but I hope we can um, just set up some like Zoom hangs to just have the games on and shoot the shit um, whenever that might be. We will gladly Zoom and try and distract you during your uh, Sunday uh, Sunday morning performances. That's going to be pretty fun. Yeah. I, I do. I do. The, the worship services are I've been making movies. We'll see when the weather gets cooler if we do some outdoor stuff. Um, so if but you, then there's usually like Zoom fellowship hours, and that's going to be tricky. <laughs> just like leave us on in the sound. We'll like make some porn sounds, you know? Yeah. If y'all, if y'all, if y'all somehow jacked the links to like our Zoom fellowships, I'd... like, what are you watching on there? No, oh, how did how did, how did you find, how did how did you find us? I know. Welcome, that. welcome to our church. <laughs> Uh, to many of my congregants who Google me and listen to this, uh, it's all a joke. I'm just kidding. None of if them, they, none of them have Googled me. They made it to hour three of this time. <laughs> wow. And it'd be all, of, it'd be all I think you're safe. What's funny is like only two of them have Googled me. So like my life before and my life now, I've kind of blessedly stayed separate. I really don't look forward life to life before. I thought you said I thought you said wife for a second. I was like, wait, who was your wife before? <laughs> oh, that's for another podcast, Tom. Dude, I was like, man, I need to Google Seth. This is this is getting interesting. No, it'll be it'll be another story for another time. It's a man of mystery. Next next pod. Uh appreciate y'all's ministry. 
Yeah, he said, "Blessedly, ministry. Get as much buzzwords as you can." In right I'm now. saying this is this is ministering to me, you guys, and just want to pour out the Father heart on y'all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the name of the the movie we're making in the background. That's right. That's that's the dad bods like subheader. Yeah. So, embrace the embrace the Father heart. I mean, just the trajectory of the league. I think we definitely make a movie at some point. <laughs> we just we just made a feature like yeah. Seriously, this the book is going to come first. I still want the book to happen where we each write one chapter. I I, I remember this from another. That's a great idea. And I think the it's, combine would provide a lot. Um, we got to get plan, we got to plan these things out. They just take time you know to kind of percolate and make happen but we can do it we just gotta yeah it all it's all about setting a date man and telling people where you're gonna be and right now i don't know how we're gonna get caleb over from sweden ever yeah but i think there's a lot of compelling footage to be had like you know if you've ever seen the king of kong a fistful of dollars and uh, a lot of these documentaries on middle-aged men trying to find like their old glory like oh, yeah i haven't seen a niche documentary about the proliferation of fantasy football but we would be the access point there i think there's i think there's a pitch to be made you guys know um, so McDermott in town? have you met ross mcdermott he's a documentary or oh i know that guy yeah um kind of want to pitch him on this idea at some point all right because i see yeah. that same i see that same opportunity that exists you know, to have a, a documentary around a league of more rabid fans. Oh, I wasn't being facetious. I'm watching, like, yeah, I'm with you, showing Like, uh, I watch all these trailers all the time for documentaries that are, like, weird niche access points into, like, worlds. I haven't seen anything on fantasy football. Why wouldn't it be our league? Because we're, we're not, like, the super crazy fantasy pros. We're, like, a weird mix of normcore and... You say normcore? Norm normcore. Like we're all living our lives, raising our kids, doing whatever, and yet have way too much arcane knowledge at our footage, and we're doing this yeah. for hours on a Friday night. <laughs> Which I think is some of the rustic charm of having it just be a plain old redraft league. Like I I, I think that's what what kind of played into that a little bit is like it, it did keep us in the very accessible amateur ranks, which is a very fun, fun place to be where exactly we have the spectrum where we are taking it way too seriously and creating three hour pods and the going spectrum above and of vocations but... and ethicist and a laundromat guy and a, all the, you know, well, that's how the pod started. It was like this is a really interesting collection of people that we've gotten to to play this game. It doesn't and it's make been sense. A ton of fun. On that note, on the fact that none of this makes sense, none of it. And big things are yet to come. We're ending on hype. We've got, we've got a week till the season. Create the LLC. Make sure you get all your <laughs> protections on your LLC. We we got to talk to Cody. Yeah, we do. Alright. It's 2 30 a.m. I gotta cut you guys off somewhere. All of you can go fall in a well. Cause